I want to share with you an event from my toddler years. I was just turned three or thereabouts, and I barely remember the event. I had done something naughty, not sure what, and my mother lovingly scolded, Jason Christopher. You see, Christopher is my middle name. And by the way, it was because of my middle name that I chose to visit here at St. Christopher's by the Sea Episcopal Church some years ago. I also returned the Sunday after the Feast of St. Christopher uh, a couple years ago when the new icon of Christopher was unveiled. As you probably know better than I, according to legend, St. Christopher devoted his life to carrying the weak and poor across a river. One night when he was carrying a child, he felt his burden grow heavier with each step. When questioned, the child declared that he was Christ and that Christopher was thus bearing the weight of the world. Christopher's Christian pilgrimage, his travel for religious purposes, was bearing others, carrying others. I wanted to see your new icon of Christopher, and now I'm here again. So I was just turned three. I remember looking up to my mom when she scolded me with her Jason Christopher, and I, not so much in defiance, but in uncertainty and dislike, declared, my name not Quipper. That was my attempt both to state the name for the first time and to reject it. Well, I am Christopher my whole life, and I believe I am what my name means, he who bears Christ. For what I'm worth, I hope I'm getting better at it as the years go on. And this is part of Advent, preparing ourselves for Christ, for Christ's return. It's a time of reflection and anticipation. But today is the third Sunday of Advent, Joy Sunday. In many Christian churches, there's a different color of Advent candle today, rose-colored or pink, rather than the royal blue or rich purple color of other Advent weeks. It's not a dark color. It's brighter, warmer, softer, happier even. It's a different candle, a candle for the joyous anticipation of the Lord's coming. It is Joy Sunday. As a child, we had a Sunday school song that I'd really sing out. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I just belted out. I really did. I sang like I already had that joy. Maybe I did, carefree and glorious. There were several verses. I don't know how many of them were officially verses. And in my young mind, they were just as fun. I've got the peace that passes to understanding down in my heart. And who could forget? And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack. Sit on attack. And I sang my heart out as a little tyke. At least until I turned maybe 10 and grew more self-conscious. Adolescences. A peculiar time. It stretches into adulthood, yes. But that song was still there, tucked away within me like my middle name. And it was there when I had grown up. And it was there, tucked away through some of the storms and stresses that this life is subject to. Oh, I'd have times of happiness, no doubt. But I wondered, would I, could I ever have that kind of joy? It wasn't here, yet. No rapturous joy for me. Well, I found or refound that joy down in my heart. It sort of slowly snuck up on me. Over the last few years, I've come to find a joy maybe like I imagined when I sang that Sunday school song all those years ago. And it's here to stay. I believe that. I really do. Just a couple of months ago, I said to my lovely wife, Pamela, that if I were to die, tell people that I'm happy. I'm just so happy. I have joy. 
Life isn't always easy and it isn't without pain. But this is Joy Sunday. And I'm very thankful that I've been asked to share a word with you today. The psalm we read today, Psalm 126, is in the middle of a collection of psalms known as the Psalms of Ascent. Most biblical scholars today consider this collection to be pilgrimage songs, songs of a journey with religious significance. Specifically, they're viewed as songs sung by worshipers as they made the journey up to Jerusalem for the annual feasts. Importantly, the collection is understood to have been organized after the return of the Jewish people from the Babylonian captivity. That is, after Babylon destroyed Judah and exiled its people. But now the exile is over. The people have returned home, Jerusalem. Our song today is a pilgrim song, a beautiful song. But it's also an already not yet song. What I mean by that is that Christians are an already not yet people. We believe that the kingdom of God has already come, but the final victory, the fullness of the kingdom, and Christ's return is not yet. The psalm opens with a saving event. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. It is almost as if the psalmist is saying, to use a modern phrase, I can't believe it. Pinch me. I'm dreaming. The exile lasting 70 years was over. The people were returning to Jerusalem, and the temple was rebuilt. And the eldest among them remembered a time before exile and the time of exile. And now they see a time after exile. God had acted in their lifetimes. Pinch me, I'm dreaming. It is an already poem. God has acted. Here again, the exuberance, the gladness in the words that immediately follow. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad indeed. But it's also a not yet poem. The next verse resounds with a cry to the Lord. It's an imperative, a command to God. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Wait, what just happened? Didn't we already have laughter and shouts of joy because the Lord had acted? The people were already glad. Why then is there now this cry, restore our fortunes, O Lord? No, the psalm began with the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. We were like those who dreamed great dreams. The cry pinches us awake. Has God not acted for us? I think this tension in the psalm helps make it such a fine song for a pilgrim. We are on our way, but the trials are not yet over. We have seen the work of the Lord, but is not yet finished. The pilgrimage goes on. Some time ago, I heard a sermon that had a good effect on me. The sermon's message called on us to be pilgrims of sorts. We may not reach where we want to be spiritually tomorrow or next week, but we stay at it. We carry on. God willing, a person lives for decades. The sermon asked, where are you in your journey? Can you look back to who you were in Christ five years ago and see progress? We have at least five more years in us, yes? Most of us can live in that hope at least. What shall we do in our spiritual lives in the meantime, in our Christian practice? Will we carry more of the poor and weak across the river, whatever that means for our gifts and our talents? 
Will we walk with more confidence in the Lord as we pass through life's trials? Ours is a pilgrim song, an already not yet song. The poet shares the wisdom that restoration does not end hardship. We remain pilgrims on the way. And others of us, including other generations, have borne witness to God's saving work. So we call out for our own restoration. I'd like to return to the opening of the psalm. The Jewish Publication Society translation of Psalm 126.1 captures this already not yet tension. When the Lord restores the fortunes of Zion, we see it as in a dream. It's no pilgrim's nightmare. In some ways, it is our pilgrim daydream as we slog through the rivers and valleys of life, carrying Christ by caring for others. I think this is part of the psalmist's art. We cannot give up hope despite trials, whatever they may be. There will be joy. Hear how the psalm ends. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping will come again with joy. There will be joy. Where are you on your Advent journey? Where are you on your Christian pilgrimage? How are we bearing Christ? I end with a note about my 15 years teaching at Martin Middle School in Corpus Christi. They say it's a hard school, but I've found that kids are kids everywhere. Evidently, I walk around with a smile on my face. I remember early on, students asked me, why are you smiling? Many of them are on hard paths. While I am not to actively proselytize, students know that I'm a Christian. I'm straightforward about that, especially in recent years. I encourage students to choose to be hopeful, choose to be happy. One student recently showed me a rosary, prayer beads, that he had received from his church. His family is Catholic. He said it was from Israel, and he pointed out that it had a very small amount of soil from the land of Israel behind a small transparent pane in one of its pieces. I said that it was very similar to one my wife had just brought home for me from her pilgrimage to Israel early this year. You have one too? He so wanted me to bring it and show it to him. He admired it and compared it with his own when I did. He now wears his rosary visibly, and we have a special handshake he initiates when we cross paths, and he walks with a bounce in his step and a smile on his face. I wish I could do that at his age. God bless him. And so, never give up on your pilgrimage. Others need you to help them, even carry them along sometimes. What this Sunday reminds us is that we are moving to joy. Not every step will be easy, but joy is coming. You can't stop it. What's more, if you haven't found joy yet, you can move toward it in the days to come, in this Advent season, in the next season, along the next five years down the road. There's a joy there. You'll find it. My name is Kripperburn, Christopher, all my life. I wouldn't want to change that. I have so much joy. Amen.